Today, I would like us to consider God's word entitled, Naked and Afraid. Naked and Afraid. I want to thank Dr. Beckton for allowing us to have a time whereby we can have testimony before we had the prayer. It's very important that we share and help each to understand that we are not alone in this journey, in this Christian pathway. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord of God as he was walking in the garden, in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid. And I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Father in heaven, as we consider these four points in this word today, speak to each of us according to our needs. We ask it in Jesus' name. Let the church say, Amen. It is strange how human beings can forget that you really can't hide from God. Adam, who talked with God every day in person, walked with God, who understood God to be his creator, who knew that nothing is hid from God, here when God came calling Adam was hiding. The first uh, four points I want to make today is what the Bible says, he came. He came to them. Man had transgressed the commandment of God and had sinned. Now there was a gulf. A chasm, a space between man and God. Isaiah 59 2 says, But your iniquities 
have separated you from God. When there is sin, there is a separation. But the sequence of the separation, it's not God moving from man. It's man moving from God. And God comes. We sin, but he comes. He came to them. How many of us struggle in this life with relationships where we have been wounded, where someone has done wrong, and that person moved away, and our position is leave them where they are. The Bible says, God came to them. God could have said, I didn't remove myself from Adam and Eve. I told them what the law was, what they needed to do, and they decided that they didn't want to obey me anymore. The Bible says he came. This morning I'm wondering if there is anyone in the household of faith who is experiencing a separation, but has determined that I am not going to them. They need to come to me. By this example that Christ is giving us, he's telling us the one who is sinless, the one who is guiltless, the one who did no wrong, is the one who is moving towards the guilty. In the world in which we live, we have it the reverse. Our position is, I've done nothing wrong to them. Therefore, if any reconciliation would be had, they need to come to me because they are guilty. I am thankful today that that's not God's position with us. He came to them. He came to them. He came looking. He came to them. The word says that after the fall, they realized that they were naked. And as a result of that nakedness, they became afraid. Well, when we are naked and afraid, the fact that Jesus comes means that we may be naked but not alone. Naked and afraid is one thing, but naked and alone is yet another thing. One of the worst things a person can experience in this life is loneliness, not aloneness. Aloneness is by choice. Loneliness is when we desire company, but the company says, you are too bad, I don't want to mess with you. They were naked and afraid, but Jesus came to them, and they were not naked and alone. But when he came, he just didn't come. The Bible says, he called. C-A-L-L-E-D. He called. And he called with a question. 
Where are you? It is obvious, based on who Christ is, he was not calling for information because he knew where they were. Their response was accusation. They start blaming everybody but themselves. Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the serpent. And in essence, they were saying, the serpent you created, so they were blaming God. He called. He called, but not for information. Yet, they were given accusations. He called because he came to see them. He was concerned about them. He called because he was reaching out to them. I want to spend a little time on the why he called. And draw a contrast that there are times when we would be like Jesus. We would go to the person, but we're not going in effort to reach out. We're going in a posture of saying, I told you so. Whatsoever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. Sometimes when we call, we call to remind them that their misery is as a result of their own disobedience. When Jesus called, he was reaching out to see how he can be of help to them. So when we go and we call, the reason for our calling must be like Jesus. He called not to rub salt in the wound. Because that's natural for us. When we know how someone has deviated from the path and has done something egregious or wrong and we come calling, maybe we need to appreciate that when Jesus called, he was trying to be comforting. Can we honestly say that when we walk into a room, people are comforted? What does our presence say in the room? Is our presence one of, well, you shouldn't have. You know better. You know how you were raised. He called not to see them in their misery, but to comfort them. One of the things about Christ in his position as God is that when we say, God says, come to me as you are, and we stop right there, Elder Young, we are doing a disservice because we're denying the power of God to change, to make changes. So when God says, come to me as you are, 
He's saying, I love you too much to let you stay in your misery. I love you too much to let you stay in the state that will kill you. I am calling, I'm coming with compassion, but I have to confront you. I have to confront you in God in confronting Adam and Eve. Said, wait a minute. What happened? Did you guys eat of the tree that I told you not to eat of? He needed to remind them while not chastising them that their present predicament because Jesus is not only speaking to Adam and Eve, he's speaking to all of us. He's saying there is a standard, there's a right road and a wrong road. There is a way you ought to walk. And he said, listen, and gentle reminder, this tree was put here for a reason and you messed with it. So he was coming in comfort, but he did not want to sugarcoat their predicament. Sometimes when people come to us and we are guilty of something, we get mad when they tell us what brought us to where we are. And the reason Christ is saying it is so that they know not to go down that road again. Jesus came looking for a confession and what he got was accusation. He came expecting Adam and Eve to say, Lord, we have sinned. But instead, they started pointing the finger and blaming each other, blaming the serpent, and thus blaming God. Nakedness. They were naked. What is nakedness? Why do we need to be covered? There are some things about being naked that are just part of the human experience. I'm not, I'm not asking you to be overly uh, desensitized today, but can you imagine if suddenly all our clothes came off in this sanctuary today? How many of you would be sitting quietly? Some of you would start running. Some would put your hands to cover places. God has a reason why we need to be clothed. And when we are naked, we are exposed. And we don't want to be exposed. So Christ recognizing their nakedness and saw that their covering was inadequate, they got together and they got some leaves and they quickly put them together. And they covered themselves. And when we think of death, unfortunately, we often think of the first man to die since the creation. And that was Abel. But before Abel died, an innocent lamb lost his life 
and the, the skin of that lamb was given as covering to Adam and Eve. Their act caused the death of an innocent animal. They were naked. They were exposed. Nakedness brings shame. Nakedness brings embarrassment. Nakedness bring, brings emotional and sometimes physical pain. In Nazi Germany, before Jews were condemned to the gas chamber, they were stripped of their clothing and they huddled together naked. Nakedness ought to bring shame. It's one thing to be naked and afraid and feel alone. It's another thing to be naked and not be ashamed. Shutting your stuff as if you're all right. America right now is exposed. We are naked as a nation and we don't seem to be ashamed. Tell me, do you feel her pain? A 10-year-old having to be whisked under the cover of darkness from one state to another state so she can have a pregnancy terminated as a result of being raped by a 27-year-old. And we have evangelicals applauding because you have states that have no exception for abortion other than if the life of the mother is in danger. I want us to appreciate that a 10-year-old Dr. Beckton is a child. Is a child. And that child was invaded without her permission. And we have people saying, good Christian people, sitting in the pews, saying she should carry that child of her rapists. Fifteen states have laws like that. She could not have had that pregnancy terminated in those 15 states. And someone said, well, I'll have some compassion because she's only a child. Whether she's 10 or 40, no woman should be forced to carry a pregnancy after being raped. No woman. And what are we afraid of? If I make a mistake, Guess who, guess who knows how to deal with me? God! Not somebody else. God knows how to deal with me. And we say we love God and we believe in God, but we make God impotent. He alone is the judge of all of us. Make no mistake about it. You can take an egg... And you can scramble it. You can boil it. You can fry it sunny side up. 
But you cannot make stir-fried chicken out of an egg. An egg is not a chicken. And the last time I checked, Dr. Becton, a zygote is not a person. If left to incubate, it can become. But what, we are, what are we afraid of? Why do we think we have the right to dictate? I call them the runaway six on the Supreme Court. And I know some folk not going to be happy with my next statement. But there's a thing called perjury. When you sit in a confirmation agent and you swear that you're going to tell the truth. And you say Roe v. Wade is set the law. And you're only waiting for another justice to come and overturn it. You should be charged with perjury. What are we afraid of? God is still in control. And if somebody does something wrong, God knows how to deal with that person. It was just a few weeks ago. Mr. Lal, L-A-L, in India. A tailor, a young tailor, is in his shop. And two Muslims walked in asking to be measured for some garment. And as he began to measure them, one took out a butcher knife, a cleaver, and began to attack him viciously. Stabbed him and slit his throat. He was killed. He was murdered. Why? Because he had written something on Facebook supporting a government official who was expelled or suspended from the government because she had insulted the prophet. Now I want to ask you a question. What kind of God you serve that can't defend himself? Peter took out a sword and cut off the ear of Malchus. Because as far as Peter was concerned, Malchus, you come in to arrest Jesus. What did Jesus do? He bent down, picked up the ear, and put it back on. Jesus knows how to defend himself. And here we are, naked, without any shame. On one day, on a Thursday, we can say the runaway six, that is. Well, New York, you had a law for a hundred years. Whereby, if someone wanted a handgun, they had to show reason or just cause why they should have a handgun. Well, on Thursday, the Supreme Court said, no, you can have all the guns you want. But on Friday, the very next day, they can rule with Mississippi Dobbs versus Jackson that it's states right this time. On, on, on Thursday, it's not states right. Let's intervene in New York, but on Friday, let's allow Mississippi's law to stand. What are we afraid of? If we are naked, we need to be not afraid but we need to be embarrassed and ashamed. Only then can we get to the place where we seek something else. So Jesus came to them. Number two, Jesus called them. 
Number three, Jesus confronted them. He confronted them. Number four, Jesus covered them. He covered them. He didn't come to say, see what you guys did. I'm going to let you be exposed to the world. He covered them. And clothes or coverings hide. They also protect. Clothes or coverings make us feel good about ourselves. When you're dressed up, you feel good. You can step out into the light. But when Jesus came and he gave covering, it was not just to make us feel good, it's to save us. And so the covering of Jesus is directly related to salvation. He was saying to Adam and Eve, you messed up and this lamb that I had to kill is really a type showing you that this lamb, Jesus Christ, is one day going to hang upon the cross so that you can be redeemed from your sin. Naked and afraid isn't the same as naked and alone. Do you feel naked today? Are you afraid of being exposed? Do you feel not embarrassed? Let Jesus come to you and let him give you what he gave Adam and Eve, his covering, because no other covering will do. Every other garment will be too short, too heavy, too light. There would be something wrong with your covering. Adam and Eve, put away your leaves. They can't do Put away the things you want to do to cover yourself. All you need to do is accept the sacrifice. Yes, an innocent lamb was slain because of your act. But we should be thanking God today that Jesus came. Can somebody say amen? We should be thanking God today that Jesus called. Can somebody say amen? We should be thanking God today that Jesus confronted them. Can somebody say amen? We should be thanking God today that Jesus covered them. Because the covering he gave to Adam and Eve is available to you and I today. All we need to do is recognize our nakedness. That's all. Not to go and find clothing for ourselves. But to simply recognize that the clothing God gives to us is the only clothing that is required. Father in heaven, we thank you today that you can take away the fear. You said to us, come on, come on to me all you that labor and heavy laden and I will give you rest. You've told us to take our yoke upon you and learn of you, for you are meek and lowly in heart. You've invited us to come, bring our burdens, because burdens are lifted at Calvary. Adam and Eve 
took the covering you gave them. And as a result, in the earth made new, we will see Adam and Eve. We will not see Judas. He rejected the covering. May we be like Adam and Eve today. If it is your will to accept the covering of Jesus today, just raise your hand right where you are. We can't see you online, but raise your hand right where you are. Praise God. Lord Jesus, I accept your covering today. Thank you that you came. Thank you that you called. Thank you that you confronted. And thank you that you cover. May God help us to be in the earth made new. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the saints all say, Amen.